Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. Wherever you are, wherever you're listening, this is the podcast. It should go without saying. I'm your host, Andrew Lewis, and joining me for the second half, the Western Conference half. The better half. Annual NBA preview. The better man uh, is Adam Amy. How you doing, Adam? I am fantastic. We're about to talk about the better the more the, the the conference that will keep me awake, I guess. Yes. There is no dozing off. There is no zoning out in the Western Conference. It all happens in the West. There are no easy games. There are no easy outs. It's the Western Conference. Everybody is a contender, except the teams that aren't. Um, <laughs> yes. So, for long-time listeners of the podcast, that you go that saying, we know that uh, Adam is a militant Los Angeles Laker fan. I am a long-suffering Phoenix Suns fan. There is no other kind. And well, da- well maybe the long-suffering is is turning a corner. Well, we'll may- perhaps it is. Perhaps it is. But without further ado, do you want to get into it? Let's just dive right in. Let's dive in because there's. I mean, we, we do have a barrel to scrape the bottom of. We do. Um, now, the quicker we get that done, the quicker we get to the uh, to the good stuff. Yes, we just need to go over the rules, as we do every time, and the rules are, this is my podcast, so we're going to count down the teams in the order in which I think they will finish in the Western Conference from worst to least worst. So, <laughs> uh, there's there's some other word for that that's just escaping me now. So, then count down I'm from the worst start... to the Lakers, that's all you yeah. need to say. Uh... Yep. I'm going to be really annoying, aren't I, this <laughs> <laughs> He says that like he's not normally. It's normal. been a it's been a while since um the defending you, champion you deal you deal with defending champion Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, it has. It has. But anyway, I'm going to start at the bottom with my team that I think is going to finish dead last in the Western Conference and here's the clue. We will give them the best chance of anyone for back-to-back number 1 draft picks. Yes, it's the Minnesota Timberwolves. Ooh. I've got them finishing last. Currently, they have a projected starting lineup of Ricky Rubio, D'Angelo Russell, Josh Okogi, Juancho Hernan Gomez, and Carl Anthony Towns. Russell is currently hurt, which would give an opportunity for Anthony Edwards, the number one draft pick to start. They have Malik Beasley at backup point guard with all his issues. Um. Mm. The Western Conference is tough. This is a team that, you know, I wouldn't have any problems putting in the 10th or 11th spot um, in the Eastern Conference on talent. This has been a consistently underperforming franchise. I don't think Anthony Edwards' number one draft pick is going to help them this year. And, Mm. yeah, I I I think there is more trouble afoot for the Timberwolves in a, uh, in a Western Conference that may have, compared to the opposition, been better at the top uh, yeah. at other times, but has never, ever been this deep. It's it's tricky because, yeah, you're right. In the Eastern Conference, you'd, you'd have this team up there. They'd be competing for spots. Mm. But in the West, um, I don't know. I... I I feel like how bad is D'Angelo's injury? Because I think D'Angelo Russell is a, a decent fit there. I think they'll be okay. Yeah, it was twenty three and six last season. Mm. Uh, four rebounds a game, three and a half 
threes made per game. He played the first two preseason games. He played two preseason games, but didn't play the last one. Um, uh, obviously, he played for two teams last season. Once he got to Minnesota, his points went down. His assists went up. Um, but he is a... What were we asking? How long he's out for? Um, just questionable, I think. He right ankle soreness. So oh, It's just soreness. It's nothing... Nothing's damaged, so yeah, might not be a long-term injury. But, uh, but you can't uh, really afford injuries in the West. That's that's probably the mm. easiest way to put it. You can't go in underdone. The the question mark remains over Cat. Carl Anthony Towns, as as good a player as he is, I don't know. He just doesn't seem to gel well with other pieces. Something he doesn't play well with others. Mm. And unfortunately, in a team sport, that's not a good thing. Yeah. Now, last season, Cal Anthony Towns was 26 and 11 with four assists. Yep. Um, he's a career 22 and 12 guy um, who shoots at a high percentage, although last season, I think, was his lowest, worst shooting percentage ever. Um, that was probably because he was shooting double the threes that he's ever shot before. He shot 41.2% from three-point line last season. Wow. Um, but somehow that hasn't translated um, recently into any sort of competitiveness. I mean, they have been good at times with him there, but um, we all know what happened with Jimmy Butler and sort of him mm. orchestrating his way out of town. Carl Anthony Towns has also owed an awfully large amount of money over the next four years, something like $130 million. Yeah, true. True, but true. He might be a bargain at like $29 million this season if someone uh, wants to make a move and feels like they can turn him around. Um, but we're talking about from defense and attitude standpoint because offensively he's an elite player. Yeah, but overall, Minnesota, uh, it's not the offense that they have a problem with. Mm. It is they they have been really poor defensively. So that's probably like in, in the West, there's generally not a, a, a shortage of offensive capabilities. That's mm. uh, the defensive identity that's going to um, separate the men from the boys, so to speak. Mm. And, and I think and as – as good as Ricky Rubio is at passing the ball, um, he's certainly not not renowned for his defensive capabilities. No, not more of a more of an opportunistic defender than a shutdown. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, well, D'Angelo is not a defender. I mean, Cat protects the rim, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I just I think I, I think defense is where they're going to struggle. Um, I don't have them quite at the bottom, but you're right. It's just the West is too deep. I think I had them last last season, so you know I haven't been turned around on them. Mm. Um, oh look, and I think adding they didn't Ricky finish Rubio last. And the number one pick is a positive for them, but I don't think they improve enough. They didn't finish last in the Western Conference last season, but there was a team which finished last, which. Certainly Definitely some, will not finish last. This some season. external factors contributing to that, but second last in the Western Conference last season were the Minnesota Timberwolves, and those two teams are the only teams from the West who didn't venture into the bubble. Mm. So, um, 
the Warriors have, uh, sorry, the, yeah, well, that, that spoils that. But the Timberwolves have been uh, idle for a while. They haven't played a game since March. So hopefully that's uh, extra training time for them. Hopefully. Hopefully for long suffering Minnesota Timberwolves fans. Um, my number 14 team is a team that thought last season we're going to, we're going to, we're going to blow it up and start again. And somehow they found themselves in a game seven of the, Eastern, of the first round of the playoffs. They got in a situation right at the, you know, the last few seconds where they could win and get through the second round. And they decide, and then they took notice of that and thought, okay, we didn't do this blowing up stuff well enough. Now we're really going to blow it up. Yeah, um, it, I know who you're talking about now. It, it, there were a chain reaction of explosions. Yeah. And I don't think they're done because. Yeah, this is the Oklahoma City Thunder. That so, is right. Yeah. So what do you what do you say about what's happened with this team? They were they I were, had them really, higher they than were a lot amazing of last, last year. year. I had them higher than a lot of people did last season. I think a lot of people thought I think you might have had them 15th last season. I didn't and, think they'd make the playoffs, no. Yeah. And I had the I think I had them tenth or eleventh. Um, they ended up finishing fifth. And yeah, that was, it, it was seven a surprise Um It was interesting at the end of that game seven, Houston, Oklahoma City. You had Chris Paul, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, three guys who are all going to the Hall of Fame, and three guys at the end of a vital game seven where someone has to win and none of them wanted the ball. Um, it was that was, it was odd. Odd to say the least. Oklahoma City have, you know, they've now traded Chris Paul. Um, Their starting lineup is projected to be Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who was a revelation last season after coming across from the Clippers in the Paul George deal. Another revelation, Lou Gwen's Dort. Who? Uh, Lou Gwen's Dort. He was very good in the bubble. Yes. Uh, Revelation, Trevor Ariza, um, who I believe... 16th or 17th stop in the yep. NBA, something like that. He's Jared, been actually, I think, um, when he got traded to the Thunder, that officially made him the most traded player in NBA history. Yeah, and that was just a week in November. Um, Darius Basley and Al Horford. So they did absorb the Al Horford deal, but they have so many future draft picks that it's incredible the sort of moves that they can make and things they can get involved in. Um, they also brought in George Hill, uh, who came as a, in a secondary trade from New Orleans after he was traded there by the Bucks in the J. J- Drew Holiday trade. Um, it's but they just don't have enough talent this season. They've lost Stephen Adams. Um, yes, they traded for George Hill. Um, they kept. They, they pretty much only kept Shea, wasn't yeah, it? Which is fine if they're going to build a team around him. Mm. And is he a builder team around guy? Well, I though? think we'll find out. You know, he was mm. playing off the ball a little bit last season because Chris Paul was there. But yeah, um, we're gonna, we're going to find out. And my, I and think the big concern the there is the, the concern there is that Chris Paul made him look better. Hmm. But that year with Chris Paul around, I think they would have learned good habits. True. Um, they certainly, you know, top to bottom, showed they wanted to compete. Okay, they lost Chris Paul and. Stephen Adams, who were their two veterans on the team. They brought in Al Horford and George Hill, who aren't... Uh, well, George Hill certainly isn't Chris Paul. Al Horford's probably a better... has had a better NBA career than Stephen Adams, but he's a lot older. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, Going back to your secondary explosion statement, yeah. 
I think it actually might be a case of, um, yeah, there's going to be a, they're positioning themselves for another big explosion, so to speak. And, and this is, they've got a lot of young players to play around with. So maybe this is a, look, we, we overachieved last year. We're still in the process of figuring out what kind of roster we want to build. Let's, let's see what we've got. It's really, really a, let's see what we've got scenario. I and, find um, it very interesting that you use the word process in that description of Oklahoma City because I could see a lot of uh, similarities similarities between what Philadelphia did with this sort of um, obvious root and branch reconstruction of the roster to try and you know get as, get to the top of as many drafts as possible. Yeah, um, manuf- manufacturing a um, mm. yeah, they're they're doing it slightly different. There's a lot of parallels, but they're not. Well, I guess this is the season where that Rivera does parallel Philadelphia because Philly didn't go and finish fifth; they just were dead ass last. Yeah, but it yeah, it, it seems like they're they're blowing it up to get the pieces they want. Like yeah. every well, Shea Gildress Alexander is the example there of we're blowing up everything else, we're keeping this piece. Yeah. And then this and, season they keep a piece or two. Yeah. But the thing is, if you're going to do this sort of – go through this sort of method, um, and to be fair, the Oklahoma City Thunder fans haven't suffered yet. You know, they're a, they're a long-term, you know, playoff team. Yeah, since, exactly. Since, since when Durant and Abaka and Westbrook and Harden all got together all those years ago, they've been – in the playoffs every season, just about. Maybe they missed one season, I'm not sure. But now they're going to endure some some hardship in terms they're of to go they're going to be a bad yeah. team. They're not going to win games. Well, and, they won a lot of games off the back of Chris Paul playing, I guess, above where I thought he he was in his career. Yeah. yeah. And really you know, turning the clock back. He does, they don't have that piece. It's not like Al Horford's going to become a yeah. – No. And that's fine. Uh, but that that hardship that the fans are going to endure by watching a bad team that loses a bunch of games has to pay off. And do you think the the fans have that faith in in the Thunder that they'll no, they'll, they'll they'll stick on board and go? You know what? We trust that you 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 built that roster with, as you said, Ibaka, Harden, Durant, Westbrook. Can you do it again? Mm. I mean, that was an that was and they a, build that through that, the draft. Yeah, and that was that was a process like situation as well. But Oklahoma City turned up in Oklahoma City halfway through that process. Yeah, true. they arrived in Oklahoma City with Durant having already played a season, and Westbrook just drafted. Yeah. So, um, it's a slightly different situation. Philadelphia fan sports fans generally are regarded as some of the toughest fans in America. Um, most famously, one. NFL season where they booed Santa Claus at an Eagles game. <laughs> um, so convenient yeah. that we're discussing that at, at Christmas time. Yeah. So if the Philadelphia fans can endure a process like they did, you would think the Oklahoma City fans might be a little bit more forgiving. But we don't know until it happens. Yeah, this is true. and and you know the Philadelphia 76ers are never leaving Philly. This mm. Oklahoma City team has already been ro- relocated once. So and it, and it, it's not a it's not a mid-market team. They're a small-market team. You know, there's no other professional sporting franchise of the big, big four 
um, and I think the Big Five. I don't think there's a Major League Soccer team there. Um, in Oklahoma City, they just had the basketball team. That's so, it, yeah. so it is an interesting, it is an interesting situation because they're going to be bad for a while. They're going to be bad for a while, and you're not. You, you only accu- you accumulate this many draft picks either to make moves or because you know that not every draft pick is going to pan out. Yeah. So you're playing a numbers game. Well, that's so, that. That's probably a smart thing to do because yeah. You know that it is a numbers game. We've seen top picks yeah. that have panned out poorly and vice versa. You've seen low yeah. picks that have Philly, blossomed. Philly drafted Ben Simmons and Joe Embiid. They also drafted Michael Kidd-Gilchrist and Markel Fultz. So, yes. And they drafted Markel Fultz ahead of Jason Tatum. Yep. So, you know, you have to take you, – you have to be able to hit a couple – you only have to hit a couple of times. But that might take four or five first round, you know, lottery picks to do that they'll have yeah. access to those picks it's also a question of whether they'll be able to hold their nerve and their patience because that's the key i think yeah because they will there will be numerous opportunities for them to take on bad contracts um there'll be numerous you know people will also come for shea someone's going to come for george hill at some stage because he's a reliable backup point guard who can play in a nine-man rotation for a, pl- a playoff team that goes deeper in the playoffs he's done it before he'll do it again um, so, and, and someone will, you know, they'll be looking to move Al Horford. So, you know, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they play it out. How and it and out. I think in, in the modern age, we've seen it time and time and time again, where patience is the problem mm. and it's not so much the fans, it's the, the front office go, Oh, this isn't, doesn't look like it's working. So we need to blow it up again or, Oh, this didn't pan out how we wanted to. We need to go and get a superstar. So we're changing, we're just changing our course and we're sacrificing and blowing it up again and taking a different path. And they just don't give it time to grow. And it is, everyone wants results straight away. Yeah. So what happens if Minnesota come up and say, we'll give you Carl Anthony Towns for three of those first round draft picks? They talk it down to two. Whichever one, you know, yeah. Whichever one is the best one at a twenty, at a 20 twenty twenty one, twenty three, and twenty five, whatever the th- the best first round draft pick you have right mm. now, you know, or you know something like that. You know, do they? You know, do they do they persevere? You know, do they, they probably have to have to have that that thought process really locked in their minds that if we next time we have a superstar, it's going to be someone we drafted, not we're not going to we're going to go in. Get someone. If Shea turns out to be, you know, a top ten player in the NBA, that's wonderful for them. Yeah. Um, it's it's not a, completely out of the realms of possibility. But the next, you know, they've traded for him and they got it. You know, they got him in the the George trade, but they've got to probably make sure that the next one or two players who are absolutely elite that come into Oklahoma City are guys they drafted. Otherwise, they've either yeah, they might have they've got to hope for a good draft class. Really. Yeah. More than more than one, so oh, good, it's going yeah, to take multiple couple. years. You know, yep. if they hit two guys in a season. They need another Durant and another Westbrook. Who effectively, last, who was the last team to draft two players from a championship starting team in the same season? Now, I'm happy to be corrected, but in my mind, it'd be like the '87 Bulls with Horace Grant and Scottie Pippen. Yep. Yeah, that, that, I think it's happened since. It's not. So, it, it's a blue moon scenario that. Um, yeah, because the Golden State Warriors. Before Durant arrived, were essentially a 
they were a built from the ground up through the draft team. They didn't draft any of those guys in the same year. They drafted Gary and Thompson and Green and Barnes all in different years and then traded for Bogan. So they got the fa- the foundations and then traded for the other bits. Yeah, but they they didn't get those guys in this. They didn't, you know, manage to land two guys in the one draft and suddenly, wow, we've got a Anyway, we've probably spent twice as long on Oklahoma City than any other team in the East that we didn't have making the playoffs. So that just goes to show the quality in the West. Yeah, it does. Let's move on to my number 13 team and let me put the smile on my face. My 13th team in the Western Conference is you is the San Antonio Spurs. You realize there's a team in Sacramento, right? Yeah, I'll get to them. So really 13th. 13th. Their two best players are DeRozan and Aldrich, who play not only are they on the second, you know, on the on the on the wrong side of the middle of their careers, but San Antonio can't turn those guys into any assets because they play a style of play that no one else wants to play. You know. To get value to the Rose and Aldridge, they don't need the NBA trade machine. They need a DeLorean. So it's on guys like DeJounte Murray and Derek White and Jakob Podol and whatever his actual name is, you know, before I misprint apologies, you know. Uh, No, Jakob Podol. Maybe I'd have him 15th if it wasn't for Pop. Yeah, I was going to say you're doing them credit by, yeah, saying Popovich. They've also got Rudy Gay still. They got Rudy Gay on the wrong end of his career, but that's not the point. Patty Mills is still there. They're running it back. (laughs) Why? Because they because they they only got knocked out. They were invited to the bubble. Yeah, they were they they got knocked out like four or five days before the end of the season. Yeah. So yes, they did. Look, I I don't I don't disagree. I begrudgingly think um, it's going to be a while before we. I don't. I don't think Popovich will ever coach in the playoffs again. I wouldn't go that far because obviously, because obviously, the natural time for him to step away is probably past already. So, why is he staying then? I th- well, he might just enjoy it. You know, he's one of the yeah, great, co- great NBA coaches of all time. He can go out when he likes. I'm not going to criticize him for hanging around. I'm yeah. just going to say. I would have thought the time to be like, now it's time to retire. Now it's time for someone else because, like, you know, I've had my run. That that moment has passed. But if he wants to keep doing it and San Antonio want him to keep doing it, that's fine. And, I, you know, I'm confident in a couple of years he'll find a way. But he hasn't got enough, you know, third decade of the 20th century in the NBA talent to compete. I think. And they had the number um, 11th draft pick this year. So, that in a, you know, in a draft that was reasonably weak in top-end talent. That's not going to get it done. Nope. Devin Vassell might turn into a very solid NBA player, but right at the moment, he's fourth on their depth chart at small forward. Yeah. So the 11th pick, you know, they if they're going to improve, they need help straight away. They're only going to get it through the draft. They're only going to get it through the picks they earn through their record because they can't trade for assets because they don't have anything anybody else wants. Can I, can I give my little... Um progression theory about the Spurs. Yep. I think Popovich is still is not there because of the players or the playoffs. My prediction is when Popovich steps down, the new head coach of the Spurs will be Becky Harmon or Hammond. Mm. 
That will be enormous. He's news. grooming. He's grooming his next heir. He's not grooming Tim Duncan. Nope. Fair enough. Yeah, I, mean, I just I don't think Tim Duncan's that sort Tim's of. Tim's not on the not on the official coaching panel, isn't he? Okay. Nope. I thought he was. Nope. He was he was there for a bit last year. Maybe Timmy's just like, nah, this isn't my thing. Fair enough. But yeah, I think that'd be a, an interesting story. I would be more than interesting. It'd be it'd be a revelation. And it would it, be it would be groundbreaking. But yeah, I, I still think I, I still think Becky will be the next coach of the Spurs. And you know, the funny thing is, there's a there's a parallel here between if that happened between that and Red Auerbach handing over to Bill Russell mm. in '66 when Red decided to step down as coach and Bill Russell became the, the first African American coach in the NBA. Yeah, so, yeah, also groundbreaking. So, but you have to have someone of red or pop stature to sort of pass on the torch. Yeah. I give that person the support. So, you know, I can see the parallels there. And that, that, that it is, and it's, uh, it'd be a, an amazing backing to be like, no, this is here are the reins. Yeah. To hand it over, to have one of the greatest coaches of all time, to have his tick of approval, I guess, makes the transition really um, memorable. Mm. It'd be great. Having said- Having said that, San Antonio are not making the playoffs this season. Yeah, I was trying to get away from that point, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you must have Fine. a San Antonio Spurs fan who listens to the podcast. You're like, I'm going to be nice to you. I said I'd be nice to you. I'll say nice things. I have a Spurs. soft spot for the Spurs. I, I am why. not so incumbent. Um, I don't know why. I just, I, I just like, I like, I like Spurs basketball. Fair enough. Number twelve of the Sacramento Kings. Thought so. Yeah. And then my last. <laughs> I don't think they're making the playoffs team, um, which is slightly fewer teams than in the Eastern Conference. Um, this is an historically poorly run franchise. They haven't made the playoffs. There is the- no other franchise that is this good at running a franchise poorly. Wait, yeah. no, there's a couple. Well, last time is, they- these guys are the Knicks of the um, Western Conference. Yeah. Except they're not a big market. If you took the New York Knicks and moved them to Albany, New York. Um, the Sacramento Kings, when was, the last time the Sacramento Kings made the playoffs, Chris Webber was on the roster. Yes. It's been that long. Um, Glenn Robinson the third is on this roster. I think Glenn Robinson the second might have been in the NBA and might have been playing some good basketball the last time the Sacramento Kings made the playoffs. They've got a projected starting five of Aaron Fox, Buddy Hield, Harrison Barnes, Marvin Bagley, and Hassan Whiteside, who's the addition. Um, I don't know if that's a particularly good addition. Not only did they lose Bogdanovich, they drove him to the airport. You know, it's just like, okay, you're a restricted free agent. Um, we could match and then trade you and get something back. But no, leave with our best wishes. Here's a fruit basket. What are they doing? Um, yeah, that was pretty poor. Yeah, you know, we all know the issues that Portland had with Whiteside last season, who, you know, continues to put up good-looking defensive numbers but can't actually defend. Um, it's, it's a t- you, know, they, you know, they don't know what they're doing with Heald. Um, they've just signed De'Aaron Fox to the max, so he's just, like, got $158 million over five years, which sort of, inhibits what they can do in other areas. I don't know who else is giving De'Aaron Fox that sort of money. Um, yeah, some questionable calls. 
Really, yeah. it's an eggs in one basket scenario. They still like, need Bagley to develop. Remember, they took Bagley ahead of Luka Doncic, who we will get to later. I'm sure it'll be a while preview. before we hear about Luka. It'll be a little while. Um, but yeah, right. Bagley, Bagley just come on, mate. <laughs> and sort of like two years ago, they were the you know they were two years ago they they did the same thing that I guess the Grizzlies did last season. Yeah, and they were like, um, no one has making the playoffs. Oh, these guys are frisky. Um, they make a run and then probably four-fifths of the way of the season it sort of trails away and, and they don't make it. Um, but if your big addition is Whiteside and you continue to making silly rosters like the one with Bogdanovich, um, you're probably going to trade Heald at some stage for, you know, not value, you know, in part because you've got they this young, young guy Halliburton who you want to get mm. time to who fell to 12. Um I don't understand the white side move because they wanted to play high, fast-paced basketball. Yeah, but there Is are other guys. Gonna... There are other guys you could go and get who have mm. moved around, who play the five. Yeah, um, who'll be able to fit in with that system. Mm. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like it just doesn't seem like a good fit. Yeah. So it's weird. It's definitely weird. Yeah. So I'm not bullish on Sacramento. No. I didn't see the develop last They were the first Western Conference team in the bubble to be sort of, okay, stay your, you time, stay your time, enjoy your room service. You'll, you know, you'll be leaving soon. So, yeah. But they're, they're the last team I'm really like, no, I'm, I'm, I'd be surprised if they make a run. Everyone above here, I'd be like, I, I rate and respect. It's just, there are only eight teams can make the playoffs, and I sort of like bits of eleven at Western Conference teams. So, and that's look, and that's that's sort of where it was last year, almost with this whole bubble playing stuff. Mm. You, you sort of you you were unsure, and there were Smokies there that outside, but could really give it a shake. Yeah, lucky eleven, lucky eleven. Uh, lucky eleven, I'm, and this is where I think we're going to we're, we're going to start diverging, and we diverged probably mostly in the middle, uh, in the Eastern Conference too. Um, I've got the Grizzlies at eleven. At eleven, and the Grizzlies are, yep, the Grizzlies are what they are. They are what they are. I mean, I like Jar Morant is scary good. Mm. Um, Jaron Jackson's a very good player. He's injured at the moment. Um, they're projecting a starting lineup of Moran, Dylan Brooks, Carl Anderson, Jared Jackson Jr., and Jonas Valanciunas. Um, is it? They're is probably it... not super deep. Well, yeah, and that was their problem last season, wasn't it? Yeah, and so, they know, haven't done they, anything. They're one Jar Morant injury away from being pretty young competitive. I would have thought one Jar Jar Morant injury away from being. Yeah, Minnesota Timberwolves. They didn't have their first round draft pick because they had trade. It was it was in Boston. Mm. Uh, that was. I'm just having a look at the roster. It's that was an Austin Rivers, Tation Prince, Jeff Green, Russ Smith, Quincy Poindexter trade from 2015. I love looking at the reason why draft picks get traded because it's like five years ago. Um, I don't think they've got enough. But they've certainly got two really good building blocks, mm. and but there's you know, it's there's no other pieces around them. Be tougher. Yeah, there's and, literally I mean, no other piece around them. I I and I like them because of of those two guys really, but 
I have them eleventh because I have ten teams higher than them, and that that's, that sounds ridiculous. But so, but who have they got as a veteran to really lead them? Mm. Nobody. Yeah, they, they don't really have anyone who's like a eight nine year vet. Gordy mm. Dang, Jonas Valanciunas is not a leader. Mm. I mean, it's Jar's team. He's the leader. Yeah, that's he. He's the most experienced there. They are yeah. a, a very very young squad. Yeah, which means now, they're going to as be we said, there's a few teams like that that we're like, wow, what can we expect from it? How does this shape up? Like, I mean, they could get hot. They could fall in a heap. It, it's very unknown. A lot of inexperienced guys that are sort of fresh to the league. So, yeah, you know, it, it could be hit or miss with these mob. Yeah, but I think more likely to be missed than hit. Unfortunately, yep. in a wet, tough Western Conference, I feel like thirty wins is probably the ceiling for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'll, um, maybe, maybe you know, a couple more, but I can't see them getting a five. No, uh, that's the thing. Like, it, yeah, it could it could be drastically worse too. Yeah. Now oh, hold on uh, to your pants because I've got the Indiana Pacers of the Western Conference at ten. Uh-oh. So who is now? That? I, now I'm curious who the. The Indiana Pacers of the Western Conference. Are. It is the Utah Jazz. Ooh. Now, I was extremely bullish on them last season. I was thinking, yeah, about, I was thinking about putting them number one team. in the Western Conference. But they are a year older. The Mike Conley thing didn't work. Um, Joe Ingles isn't, isn't a young man. Um he's 33, and you know, he's a he's a ten, he was 10, 4, and 5 last season. Um. Yeah, I just feel like they, they get there's there's a lot resting on Donovan Mitchell's shoulders. Their projected starting lineup is Conley, Mitchell, Ingles, Bojan Bogdanovic, and Rudy Gobert. Um, I really you know I just uh, didn't like their off season because it was they didn't do uh, anything. There's a lot of teams, all these teams where they didn't do anything, and I can well, understand like, there wasn't a great free agent. Um, well, and the, Utah are a small market team, and they made this huge move to get. I'll, I'll put this. I'll put this out there. I'll put this out there because when did the Lakers win the title? Was it October? Uh, yes, you're the defending champions. Yes, yeah. We just just want to make that point. But yeah. so the 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 season ended when the season would normally start. Yeah. Normally, you've got this big break, and then free agency, and there's all the hype trains come up and then you've got two weeks to do this and two weeks to do that. And then the draft happens. There's heaps and they jammed it all into a month. Yeah. There was bugger all time to do to not to do your research, but to really get the brains trust together. And it it seems as a result that there are a lot of rushed moves and a lot of, maybe we don't make a move. Yeah. Teams sort of, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, oh, training camp begins in a week and a half. Oh, but we're in the midst of free agency. Yeah. So uh, earring yeah, on the side of caution once again and or not yeah. making moves and hoping to run it back because of a disrupted season. But I think you're right. They they may have got worse by not doing anything. Even if it had been sort of a a a, a mid level move, yeah. you know. There's a couple of teams coming up who I have high, higher than they were last season in yep. the Western Conference, and they made moves in positions that Utah, uh, you know, even was just a signing. 
you know, yeah. it was just, oh, that's a nice, that's nice, you know, that that fits, you know. Um, it just, it seemed to, it works. Yeah. Like um, it's, you've made, you've only made a small move, but it's a, a small move in the right direction. Yeah. Rather that's than right. just hit pause and see what happens. Everyone's a year older. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I know, I know he stayed in the same place. So, and it's not the reason why we're going to talk about them being higher, but. I think he's played there before, but would would Utah have inquired about Paul Millsap? Um, okay. Could Utah get into a discussion about trading for Blake Griffin? Um, you know, just anything, sort of anything to to solidify that well, position. It just seems like that's the easy position. You know, Atlanta went out and got Gallinari. You know, that's mm. the sort of guy who could have helped them. So, but no, we're just going to stick with this team. It's clearly not good enough to win the title. Yeah, you know, we ran it. No. You You're know, right. In, in, you Mike Conley's not. Mike Conley wasn't the guy we thought he was. Not because he's not a consummate professional who who will do you know every you know everything he can right. It's because Mike Conley's not going to get any better as a basketball player. Yeah. He's six foot one. He's a little guy, and he's thirty three, and he's not Chris Paul, and he never was. Never so, was. Yeah. So you know, we've a lot seen of, the best a lot of weight Conley. on Donovan Mitchell's shoulders. Mm. Speaking of guys that are six one. Yeah. At some stage. I mean, that's the worry for Utah fans who I feel like a, you know, they could be a little bit crazy, but, you know, they they stick fat with their team. And, and if, they they were be worried, the, if they were in the Eastern Conference, they're a playoff yeah. team. They're yeah. a lock for the playoffs. Yeah, but they've got to be worried about Jonathan Mitchell leaving at some stage. Yep. Yeah. So, because, I mean, he plays a position of need in the NBA nowadays. Yeah, true. Mm. True, true. Okay. Last team not making the playoffs. And this is really an un. You know, I'm, I don't know where to put this team. So I just left them out. It's Houston. Um, I, You know how we differ on a lot of things? Yeah. I don't think we differ on this one. Yeah, I just don't know where to put them. Um, I can tell you the NBA power rankings have them at seven. Seven overall? And I, yeah, and I, no, seven in the West. Seven in the West, okay. And and I just, I don't see it. Here's the I thing, you click on John Wall's stats and it shows, it shows most recent stats, and they're not from last season. Um, it's been I think what, two seasons since he's taken a court. Yeah, but if, a, Houston, if Houston trade Harden to Brooklyn for the for the the three quarters in the dollar trade, as good as those three quarters would be, Levert, Dimwitty, and DeAndre Jordan, who will almost certainly be waived, so it'll just be the two guards. Then you know. They, will so they have end very... up just pulling a really bad version of what OKC are doing. Yeah, well, they have a very nice rotation that won't go anywhere near the playoffs in the Western Conference. You know, they'll have a lot of nice guys. They'll, they'll, the, the rebuilding would have started. Um, the world, they didn't look get at... out of Westbrook's contract because they've got, you know, a different player who, who will fit in maybe better with James Harden and be slightly more complimentary, but it was exactly the same contract. Yeah, you know, it might be a year short. I don't think, and I don't think forty billion. Um, you know, Harden wants out. We don't know what he's going to do. Um, you know, he's reported he's playing. He looks overweight. Um, and he's always been really durable. So the fact that he's not in great shape, you know, mm. if he picks up an injury, concerning um, to say the least. Well, yeah. Well, speaking of <clears throat> speaking of and, injuries, and yeah. It looks like there's a bit of a gamble happening because look at look at the other acquisition they've made. Demarcus Cousins. Demarcus Cousins. Yeah. Boogie is is back. 
playing in Houston. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's whoever was going to sign him. Really. You've got, you've got, so you've got Boogie and you've got John Wall. Between them, have played like you can count the number of games they've played in the last couple of years on one hand. Realistically, they both had the Achilles injury, haven't Correct. they? Correct. Yeah. And then Demarcus, every time he came back, just issue yeah. after issue. Yeah. So there's two, and you call them high caliber players. If you're two years ago, <clears throat> sorry, two years ago they were good. Mm. Now they're both question marks. I just don't. I don't. I just don't see it. Well, neither of them played last season at all. Correct. Um, so you're probably looking at three years ago. Um, Boogie is a career twenty-one and eleven guy. That career is, but he's he, but he's he's also a career forty six percent shooter from the field for a guy who's six ten to seventy. So yeah, you know, he's never been a. Model he's always of, been a question mark. He's never been a model of efficiency, and he's played a lot of bad teams. Correct. Um, he's not coming here to start because they signed Christian Wood, which is you know, as everyone was the the underrated, overrated. Uh, pre-agent signing of the year. Um, Wood is 25. He's 6'10". He averaged 13-6 and six in Detroit last season. He's played for five teams in four years and is a career 9.5-5 and five guy. And I am... Um, yeah. What was it? 3 for 30? Something like that? Pretty bad. So, I mean... Pretty bad. Like a few people were talking himself. So let's not. There's a Winston Wolf line out of Pulp Fiction, which is not safe for work, which I won't. Yeah, aside, but that's what I'm thinking. Of. Let's not get carried away. Um, but it all depends on Harden and whether he hangs around or not, and how if he plays like he wants to hang around. I don't I think mind. This is a team blowing, in decline. I, I still think it's a team in decline. I don't mind Houston blowing it up as a strategy because they. You know, they were a trifle. What are, the, what are their other choices? I still, find, I still believe if Chris Paul hadn't hurt himself in the 2018 Western Conference playoffs, they win the title. So they've mm. been unlucky. Uh, but if, they're, if, they're, if their main star is unhappy, we could yeah. also talk for hours about what we think about James Harden's behavior, basically having a situation that has been catered to him for the best part of six years and then deciding with you know hundreds of millions of dollars left on his contract, I want to trade and I only want to go to I only want to go to Brooklyn. Um you know. Yeah. It's not AFL trade week, James. <laughs> um Yeah, you don't get to, to nominate, buddy. If you, and if I you think, want out I think the fact there only seems to be two serious suitors for him tells people tells us all in the community. I mean there are twenty nine NBA teams who could use him. Um but only Philadelphia, other than his nominated Brooklyn Nets, um, seem to be interested. And, you know, I want to get traded to Brooklyn reminds me of another not for safe, not safe <laughs> look like from uh, Kanish in Rounders when Mike McDermott asked him for $10,000. Um, yeah, I want to... It always pops in my head and I can't say it when the kids are in the table. Um, so, I mean, I don't know what to make of them, which is why I've left them out. Yeah, no, that that's completely reasonable. It's I don't I don't know where to put them. Um, and you're right. I think they they do belong outside of the playoffs. I just 
I think with with Harden up in limbo like that, it's it's going to be it's going to be tricky. Mm. Tricky's the word. Where are we? Yeah, no, um, that's all I have to say. Houston, we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. Okay, now we're into the playoff teams. Those are the more uh, attuned, the more the more I can't think of the word, the more uh, visible, observant. The more observant of you on this podcast will have realised that neither of our teams have been mentioned yet in the Western Conference preview. And for one, that was that was that nice. Really understandable. Was that Lakers, nice? The Lakers just won the title. Yeah, the Houston Knights. So we're in the playoffs. Oh, we're into the playoffs. Hang on, can we do a recount? We're missing yeah. a team outside the playoffs. Okay, I have Minnesota, Oklahoma City, the Spurs, the Kings, the Grizzlies, the Jazz, and the Rockets. That's seven. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Where are the Suns? They're in the playoffs, baby! <laughs> I've got a mate. Eight no, only team undefeated in the bubble. Um, we missed the playoffs by, as I mentioned in the Eastern Conference pod, Karis Levert's missing game winner against Portland, which if you'd hit that, we would have won the title. Um, I think we should play all our games in Disney World. We just move there. Not, not the Orlando Suns, the Disney World Suns. No, I'm kidding. Um, obviously traded for Chris Paul in the offseason. Chris Paul joining a proud tradition of Phoenix Suns point guards, Kevin Johnson, Jason Kidd. Uh, even Steph Marbury, Steve Nash. Um, I was yeah. about. I'm, I'm about to put the hold music, like the the delay. Twenty minutes later, finish the Phoenix Suns historical history or the history lesson where we go through all of the woulda, coulda, shoulda moments of the Phoenix franchise. Sorry. Well, continue. Yeah, that's fine. Don't continue. Ever, don't ever sit there wondering why I don't like the Spurs again. Um, <laughs> Devin Booker is projected to start shooting guard there. Mikael Bridges, Jay Crowder, who was the other key addition in the offseason, and DeAndre Ayton. Um, I like the Crowder starting three for 30. Um, we saw some improvement in the bubble from Cameron Johnson, who we all sort of didn't have much regard for as a, as a draft pick last season. Um, the Suns then drafted in exactly the same position. They went and got Jalen Smith uh, out of Maryland. Um, they've still got Dario Saric. Cameron Payne was a bit of a, a surprise packet in the bubble, backing up at point guard. So they seem to have a decent rotation. They have two young stars to build around in Aiton and Booker, and now they've added Chris Paul and Dre Crowder to that mix. I think that is good enough for the mm. last seed in the Western Conference Finals. I am bullish on my Phoenix Suns. I see a plan. And I see, the other thing is I, I see a Chris bright, Paul into bright a situation. Bringing Chris Paul into a situation where if you get to, you know, as, as good as he was for Oklahoma City last season, as good as Oklahoma City were at the end of games last season, we're bringing Chris Paul into a situation where the big shot, you know where the ball's going at the end of the game, and it's Devin Booker who hit mm. that huge shot against the Clippers in Kawhi Leonard's face. You know, this guy has the clutch gene. Um, I, I'm 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 bullish. I'm excited. I think uh, this is this is going to be Phoenix's return to the playoffs for the first time in ten years. I think uh, you have every reason, every reason to be bullish on it. I I think this is going to be a, an inch. A, we finally get to see what Phoenix are made of. This is this is this is the chance for Booker 
rather than just be a, a scorer on a on a mediocre team, really step up and be a star mm. on a on a competing team. Funnily enough, it's the same team. Yeah. Didn't have to change teams to do it. Yeah. It's good. And Jay Crowder, so, I think, is a good addition. Chris Paul, I think you guys are you – no, know, we talk, we've talked previously about teams in the lower half of both the East and the West. It's, it's good to see a team with a plan and executing their vision. Mm. So, so we didn't have to trade a whole – I mean, we had obviously five or you know, six or seven years of just absolute rubbish. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know – some pretty silly moves at the start of that seven years from, you know, how, how we turned um, Dragic, Eric Bledsoe and Isaiah Thomas into nothing. Yes. But, but learn from mistakes. Yeah. Since they drafted Booker, they haven't necessarily overreached. No. And, you know, you get lucky in the draft and you, there's, you know, we'll be, we'll, it's not much of a debate about who the better, who's going to have the better pro career, Luka Doncic or DeAndre Ayton. Um, Dondre went to, went to college in Arizona. He's a sun devil. Um, he is the sort of guy you can build a franchise around. Certainly mm. the sort of guy who can anchor a, def- a defense. He's much improved in that area. So it's not as egregious as Sacramento picking Bagley ahead of him or Atlanta trading the damn pick. Yeah, exactly. So, as good. I mean, and Trey Young is also going to be a very good pro in the NBA. Um, Booker's mm. Booker's numbers the last two seasons have been consistent. He is a he is a twenty six and six guy. Um, he won't have to he won't have to have six or seven assists a game next season, but he could become like a twenty eight and five guy. And, yeah, you know, so those extra, once you get to like mid twenty points a game, twenty six, the next couple of points are probably the hardest. Um, also, an opportunity to learn uh, under the tutelage of Chris Paul. So. Well, that's it. And Chris Paul will make a big difference to those young players. A huge yeah. difference. Mm. So I'm excited, but I'm just, I'm not only too excited. I'm not, they, they are, they will make the playoffs, but they'll, that's as far as my. Uh, you got to start, my, set small goals, yeah. small goals. Now, another team I was very bullish on last, going into last season and then it didn't work out, and I'm just getting back on the horse this season, is the team I've got number seven, right? I reckon that, I know the team you're going to go. go that's that it. is the New Orleans Pelicans. Yep. I, I I really like what they've done this season. Now, okay, they traded Drew Holiday. They got back value for him, right? Because yes. they've managed to turn Drew Holiday into Eric Bledsoe and Stephen Adams. That's... Drew Holiday, Eric Eric Bledsoe is not much of a defensive downgrade. Eric Bledsoe is still a very good defender, right? Yep. Um, It's it's more of an offensive downgrade, but, um, you know, it's it's like 85%. Then you're able to turn – you're not just turning Holiday into Bledsoe. You're turning Holiday into Bledsoe and Hill, and then you turn Hill into Stephen Adams. Mm. Stephen Adams is an upgrade on what New Orleans had. In, I think Derek Favors going in the last season. Derek Favors is now in Utah. Um, back in Utah. Um, Bay, I was going to say Boomer. And it's a huge upgrade for a team that had defensive issues last season. Well, and, you, you look at this team and 
their their starting lineup is actually pretty scary. Yeah, it's Lonzo Ball, Eric Bledsoe, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Stephen Adams with JJ Redick, Josh Hart, and Jackson Hayes off the bench. That's that's a playoff team. That's a that's a that's an eight man rotation. That's a serious eight man rotation. Um, they're also upgraded in, co- in coach. To, you know, from Alvin Gentry, who I've had the displeasure of following a team that's been coached by him <laughs> twice. You know, not Stand. content with making the mistake, we did, we went and rehired him five or six years later. Um, and then up to Stan Van Gundy. Stan yeah. Van Gundy is a really good hire. Mm. I think that'll it'll be. I think the Pelicans are in good stead. Yeah. The scary thing about the Pelicans is they were able to acquire assets through the Anthony Davis deal and then through the Drew Holiday deal that they still have a move to make, right? They just need to figure out where they need that depth. Yeah. They could, they could, if someone was interested, they could mm. upgrade on someone like Brandon Ingram. Or Lonzo. Or Lonzo. Yeah. Um, I think Ingram, I think they want Ingram. Yeah. yeah I think they want a, Ingram. I think, I think Lonzo is the question mark. Yeah. But there is a, there aren't too many really good point guards available. Mm. And that's probably, that's probably the problem. The ones my, my who are, have is... been available are the ones who have been, um, who have question marks over them. Mm. I don't think there's much point in the Orleans, you know, pushing all their chips in the middle of the table to trade, you know, to yeah. upgrade from Lonzo Ball to someone like Ben Simmons because nope. he, you've got all the same problems. Yeah, exactly. Um, you you want to, you know, you know, and I'm fine with them not trading Lonzo, but they could also make an upgrade in another position. They could they could try and let, you know maybe think they could trade the turn Eric Bledsoe into something. So yeah. They have a move to make. They can also stand pat and see if they hit um, in a future draft, um, to which they could become very, very scary. But very they indeed. Keep yeah. Zion on, they keep Zion on the floor. And let's face it, he won on the floor much last season. He played, well, they played 70 odd games and he played 24. Um, but he only he played 27, 28 minutes a game and he averaged 22 and a half points. Shot 58% from the field. Um, his free throw shooting has got to improve, but he got to the line seven and a half times a game. He is, he's legit. He's uh, definitely don't, legit. Don't make, you know, let's there is not, no let's question. Not no question. Um, and some of the things, some of the, some of his finishing at the rim is, you know, some of the best we've ever seen. Um, he's going to make, his finishing at the rim makes James Worthy look like Charles Smith when he was getting blocked like four times in a row by Horace Grant in the 92 playoffs. That's how good Zion's finishing is. With all due respect to eventually big game James. Um, nothing? I just want a full-on anti-Showtime Laker rant. And I'm just getting... I'm good. Getting, I'm good. I'm, I'm getting... Good. I'm appreciating the new, the, the new look Pelicans. I think Zion's going to be... I'm excited to, to see Zion. And depending on how what happens with some other teams, because I've had some, I have some other teams above them, um, who who are moving up, you know, in their rankings from pre from previous seasons. So it, they have get to get high, they get them a roll if everything sort of falls into place. If they get, you know, a continued development from sort of where he was pre bubble from Lonzo, um, yeah, you know, Lonzo was, what he was, 
he is an elite passer. He is yeah. a very good rebounder. Um, he's that he's... a very good defender. Mm. Um, he's a thirty-nine percent shooter from the field. I mean, he's, that's he's, a problem. Yeah, the, there, the one there problem is a problem. Is, the one problem as currently constituted for New Orleans is they really do not have enough shooting, and yeah, that's 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 going to change. I mean, JJ Reddick's close to the end of his career, so. I don't know what they do about it. I don't know who, which elite shooters are out there, you know, in terms of all-star caliber. Um, yeah, who true. don't have, you know, big, you know, question marks over some aspect, but we'll see. Speaking of teams with great shooting, I've got the Golden State Warriors number six. Now, this is this is a sad story because I think we all thought... Uh, they're going to be in the top four. They got Clay back and they were going to compete. Yeah, um, they got Clay back, and then Clay got injured again. Clay did his Achilles. Um, the most damaging injury, the most impactful injury. Yes. This past decade. Oh well. How many Achilles stars with Achilles injuries have there been? Well, lots. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Durant did it right before the NBA Finals. Kobe. Yep. John Wall. John Wall. Yeah, there have been lots. It's it's and it's generally accepted to be the this is the end of your career injury. Yeah, you, you're never the same. It it's it, it ended Isaiah's career at like 31. Yeah, um, there are other players I'm forgetting, um, but it's 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 the it's the it's the worst injury an NBA player can get basically. Yep. So we're all like we all had a 24. Really hard yeah. to go out to uh, to Clay Thompson and yeah. and the Warriors fans like they, they were re- they went through the suffering the long suffering Warriors fans come on what that was almost like a well, year of suffering four years and made the finals five years in a row all right I can't keep the straight face yeah <laughs> I'm not gonna suffering Warriors fans not long suffering yeah. and they can suffer after what they did mildly inconvenienced <laughs> Golden State Warriors fans. Um, they were long suffering for a long time, but that was in itself a long, long time ago. They went out and they traded for Kelly Oubre, uh, who is who they got from Oklahoma City, who had been traded in the Chris Paul trade from the Phoenix Suns. Um, Oubre's not really a two, um, mm. so they're going to be a little tall. Uh, they got Curry back. Um, I yeah. think that upgrades them immediately, but the question there is can he? Can he do it all? Hmm. The other thing they did is they had they had the number two draft pick and picked the best player in the draft in James Wiseman. That's who mm. I would I would if I was Minnesota, I would have picked one and traded towns. And I just would just put it down. Let's start again. Um James yeah, Wiseman could just James Wiseman could have developed while it became D'Angelo's Russell team for a little while. Um but that's not what they did. So yeah. Wiseman falls to Golden State, which is a pretty good situation. And there's a little bit of pressure off them now because Clay got injured. But Curry, Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Draymond Green and Kevin Looney. But I don't know how, how long it'll be before Wiseman is starting. It um, won't be long. It won't be long at all. But, yeah, you know, if they it, Curry it's Clay, an interesting lineup still. Yeah. It's respect to Curry and what they were doing. Um. But we don't really know how Curry and Wiggins fit together. Mm, we don't that's, know. That's the big if, question mark. We don't know how long it'll take in the season before Draymond actually stabs Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> um, That'll be funny. Come on. For, Not gonna know, lie. Looking yeah. forward to that. But 
they still have. I mean, Draymond and Steph are winners. So, and they've got a culture there. Yeah, and they're extremely well coached. Yeah. Um, Ubre, I'm, has- I'm excited to see what this um this iteration of the Golden State Warriors looks like. Mm. Ubre had 22 points in 23 minutes against the Kings in his last preseason game. So, sign of things to come. Yeah. This is interesting. Curry has had Curry had 29 points in both those games, but didn't have a lot of assists. Um, he's never been a huge assist guy. It's a career seven assists a game guy. Yeah, um, this is true. Yeah, but he's also since the Golden State Warriors became good and since he became a regular starter, basically a 25, 26 points a game guy. So, and yeah, you know, the perhaps the greatest shooter in the history of the NBA. Um, yeah. Greatest three-point shooter of all time. One-off. The a competitive Golden State Warriors winning big games is good for the NBA, and I hope they make. I hope they make it. But you know, those those six teams from Golden State, so the the Warriors, the Pelicans, the Suns, the Houston, the Utah Jazz, and the Memphis Grizzlies. I could see those six finishing in any order, depending on how their season goes. I can't see any of them falling into the bottom four. I can't see any of them getting in the top five. So, again, it's those, it's those tiers. It's just the middle tiers are a little bigger in the Western Conference. This is true. This is mm. true. So, let's get to the elite top five in the Western Conference. At number five, I got the Los Angeles Lakers. No, I'm, I just thought I'd... No, number five, I got the Dallas Mavericks. Number five, you've got the Mavericks. I've got any the Mavericks. Any particular reason? Have they got, any, they got anyone of importance on their, their roster? They have Luka Doncic. Who's that um, guy? Is he any good? <laughs> He's good. He's very oh. good. Um, <laughs> look, I didn't have them making the playoffs last season. I thought they were a year away. And, it, you know, the lesson as always is I'm an idiot. Um, they really only made one move in the offseason, and that was trading Seth Curry for Josh Richardson. Now, Josh Richardson is probably a better pro, but Seth Curry is a better specialist. So... Mm. Um, you know, Richardson averaged nearly 14 points a game last season. Um, he's pretty much – he got better all four, all four of his years in Miami. He was better. Um, and then got into that weird Philly team that didn't know what it was and he sort of didn't find – he didn't find a fit. Um, if he has something offensively that he's good at, Luka Doncic will give him the opportunity to be good at that. Um. Yeah, but, no, that's that's a good summary. But we all expect uh, Dallas to be in a situation where you know it's just like they could make a move, and they were the, they were one of the two places that was suggested that Giannis was going to go. Um, if if thing if he didn't sign a five year deal, he didn't re up with Milwaukee. Um, spoiler alert: if you haven't listened to the first podcast, yeah, he did re sign. Um, Doncic was twenty nine. Nine and nine last season. Um, in his second season in the NBA, at twenty-one years of age, he's he's all right. Yeah, he goes all right. Uh, Larry Bird was two years removed from the start of his NBA career at twenty-one years of age, yeah. and Larry Bird took a few years to start putting up points, rebounds, you know, numbers that approached. Donchich's. So yeah. they 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 are an elite offensive team because of him. 
Um, if they can, they project a starting five of Doncic, Richardson, Tim Hardaway Jr., Porzingis, and Dwight Powell. Um, they're probably a little thin on the bench, but they have some nice guys. They drafted Tyrell Terry, um, who's another one of the much loved uh, droppers. He got him mm. in the first pick of the second draft, second round. Um, do they do they miss Seth Curry? Well, I mean, Josh Richardson is not the three-point shooter than, than, a, than a descendant of Del Curry is going to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he's still he's still a shooter. They have other. Sh- they have they have guys, and they have the you know they they're not overstretched in terms of the way they're other, actually well teams like Houston or the Clippers are in terms of they have assets with which to work with. Yeah. So Dallas are actually really well positioned. Yeah. Um. So they can sit, or they can make a move depending on where they are and you know what position they are. But there's no Dallas got knocked out in the first round next year. There's no shame in them winning around but not making the conference finals next season. But they are in that conversation. So yeah, then they're they're now in the they they're headed in the right direction. Mm. So they're probably the team I'm happiest with inside yep. the whole. Well, maybe there's another team but that didn't really make a move. Yeah. One team I've got higher in the Western Conference that didn't really make a move. Um, I think I know who you're talking about because the other yeah. team did. Yeah. All the rest of the teams made a move. So, But other teams, I think, like, you should have made a move, and I can understand why Dallas. Like, Doncic is 21. They can – time is on their side. and Father time doesn't know Luca exists yet. They are, com- they are ultra competitive. So um, – so what's that? If, so that was that was fifth. If something happens to the team that I have first, then Dallas can win the Western Conference. I don't as disagree. Current, as I do not disagree. As currently constructed, and they're the first team I can say that I don't think Golden State can get out of the West mm. this season, not without Clay. Um, number four, I've got the Portland Trailblazers. Now that is a leap, but a uh, deserved one. I love the Covington move. Mm. I love the fact that it allows them to run Mellow off the bench. And I, you know, I liked Mellow in the bubble. Um, they've got Lillard, McCollum, Derek Jones, Covington, Nurkic. They've got a bench that includes. They Carmel got rid Lorenzo. of dead weight. They got rid of. They, you know, they they got rid of Whiteside. They replaced him with Canner. That's that's you know they save money. They'll you know they'll be better. They don't have to look after Canner the way they have to look after Whiteside. They've got Gary Trent Jr. on the bench. You know, they've got a really solid eight-man rotation. It's a really solid nine-man rotation. If Anthony Simons can take the next step, which doesn't is not a mortal lock. Um, but but it's in the realm of like another guard slash swing man in their rotation who they can rely on. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, I mean, I think it's I think it's moved the chips in the middle of the table year for a little. They're two years removed from the, East, um, from the conference finals that I guess no one thought they were going to make. Um they, no, they they're, estimated they're, they're like good. last season. They got they basically they got very little out of Nurkic. Little you know, guys got hurt the, in the in the bubble. Um, I like what yeah. they've done. I, I mean, I, I, Covington is almost the you know the ultimate mid level complementary piece. Yeah. Um, yeah. On good teams, um, he can play stretch five. Yeah, can, I think I think the Blazers are a, a bit of a smoky. Yeah, they're not a smoky. And, I think they're actually really solid and 
Yeah. Every year, Dame Lillard is getting hungrier and hungrier. Yeah. He's one of the great clutch performers of in, in the NBA right now. And, yeah. you know, just sticking on talking about Covington, you know, Lillard or McCullum drags the, drags the defense towards him. Covington's waiting in that corner for that corner three. He's going to knock that down consistently. So Nurkic is a very underrated player. He gives you 80% of what Jokic gives you in Denver, which is, you know, Jokic is a is an MVP candidate. So Yeah. Canada gives you rebounding, as does Covington if you if you if that's a problem. And it was a huge problem for them in that Lakers series. But mm. um you know, it, it, the big stretches of games that they you know that they lost that series on, it was because the Lakers kept getting second chance shots. So yeah. um I like mm. what they've done. I like it when teams coolly identify areas of need and then equally coolly just go out and address them. So, no, they've done well. The, the, yeah. the Blazers have certainly done well. It's going to be interesting having yeah. them at fourth. I don't, I don't know if they're that much better, but I don't know. The way the way the mid mid section of the West is hard to call. Mm. You're right. It's it's a flip of a coin. Some yeah. Now, there's the team I've got coming third in the Western Conference, and there's the team you want me to have coming third in the Western Conference. I've got the Denver Nuggets third. And yes, I've hopped back on the bandwagon and I'm going to explain it. But first, Denver. Oh, God. Here we go. Um, I would have had Denver second. Yeah. But they didn't add anything. So they lost. They lost Grant. They lost Grant and they signed Jermichael Green. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, they're running it back exactly the same. They re-signed Millsap. They, you know... Mm. They need a third wheel, that complementary piece, and I think they're put. I think this year at least, they decided. Well, let's see if Michael Porter Jr. can be that guy. Yep, that, and, that was exactly and, what I was going to say. They're, they're running it back and just putting some more faith in, yeah, in Porter Jr. to really step up. There's a and, breakout year. Yeah, if Denver had gone out and through some, you know, everything had been the same, but somehow had managed to sign Gordon Hayward. <laughs> For that for, to be that third wheel, and obviously that's not what Hayward wanted, which otherwise he would have stayed in Boston or, of course, somewhere else. Yeah, you know, maybe Atlanta, which were or Indiana, we were also interested in. Be went to Charlotte, where he's going to be the first banana. Um, then I would be like, wow, that's top to bottom a really impressive Denver lineup because you know we all know how good Jokic is, and he destroyed the Clippers. Mm. He destroyed them. Um, but Jamal Murray also took the next step. He did, and it's about the consistency there. It's about him taking another, not another step, but maintaining that. Mm. But he did it in the playoffs. You know, he took the in the playoffs. Yeah. So, you know, this is this is a guy who's a career sixteen and four guy. The last two years, he's been more like eighteen and five. Um, but obviously, in the playoffs, um, some huge games that we just did not, uh, we did not see coming. Mm. You know. Um, you know, the, the couple of you know fifty-point games in the playoffs. So we'll see if he continue that. But you don't, you know, you don't accidentally score multiple fifty-point games in the playoffs. <laughs> you know, that's not Todd Day, Tony Delk situation. You know, you can you can play if you if you if if you're able to do that in the playoffs, and you you know you have the right temperament. You want to you want the big moment. So. They're well coached, they're well run, they're well operated, but 
they're not ready. I I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if they get to like the thirty six game mark of the season. I don't know when all star break and all that sort of stuff, and I know trade deadlines in like March, but make and they move. think and they think yeah, we're gonna make a move, or else we're, or yeah. else we're not gonna be good enough to. And you know we're all everyone's competing against the Lakers, so that's true. Hmm. True. All right. So last year, I think I had the Clippers one, the Lakers two. Yep. Yeah, this year I go the other way around. To get you, for for those that this is this is uh, groundbreaking stuff. I just want. So can you repeat that? I've got the Clippers number two. Yeah. Right. Cool. So here's what I like <laughs> about what the Clippers did this season. Serge Ibaka. Yeah, Serge Ibaka. Love that move. That might I was be... actually hoping the Lakers got Ibaka. Yeah, I think I, mean, I, I think it was on this podcast or in a, in a private conversation. I suggested that Ibaka would be the absolute perfect person for the Clippers to sign, and then they went out and signed him. He's an upgrade on Montrez Harrell. Um, he can defend Anthony Davis. Um, what I he don't try. What I what I don't <laughs> like. What I don't like about what the Clippers did is I, I, I think they need a point guard. And yep. they've got Patrick Beverly, Reggie Jackson, Lou Williams. Lou None Williams, of which are, Lou Williams Lou, is, is a Lou, shooting guard. Lou Williams is a problem. Reggie Jackson is a problem. And Patrick Beverly is a limited NBA player who does a couple of things really, really well. But And he's problematic. Yeah. So you can... You can compete for a title with someone like Marcus Morris starting at the four. That's mm. that's fine if he's your fifth best player, and he's not you in your top three in a lineup where you've got George Leonard and Ibaka. Um, he's going to spread the floor. He's he's you know you're going to be able to play the way you want to play. Um, but they probably needed to. They didn't need. You know, the Clippers don't need the second coming of Magic Johnson at point guard. They need a serviceable uh, point guard. Well, yeah. Uh, okay, we've talked about how Mike Conley's hasn't been the player that they wanted him to be, but what would the Clippers be like if they had Lonzo Ball at point guard or yeah, you know, DeJounte Murray or, you know, one of those solid NBA Rubio. Point, Rubio. Um, but could pass first guard if Rondo had it gone to the Clippers. Yeah, well, I mean, he's gone from Boston to LA, so really, he he's not. He's about issue about the double, the double, double previous, agent thing. He's not really worried about about annoying previous um, mm. fan bases. Um, but I just feel like there's going to be a situation where Leonard's going to be going to be bringing the ball up a lot. Yeah. So at that, you know, let's not beat around the bush. Let's not. Go, we're not mentioned. They just signed Paul George to a max extension. Yeah. Which is questionable at best. Really, really not a good idea if you think there's any chance Kawhi's leaving at the end of the season. Mm. And we don't know what Kawhi's going to do because Kawhi doesn't talk to anyone. <laughs> Kawhi doesn't talk. Yeah. I don't mean that in a sort of, you know. No, but he's, he's not. There he's is not. Some, you know, there are some guys in the cabinet who leak to the political wars, and there's some guys who don't talk. This guy doesn't talk to anyone. Anybody. So, yeah. So we don't know if Kawhi is going to get to the end of the season 
and the Clippers are going to, and there's every chance this is going to happen. The Clippers like losing the conference semis again. And Kawhi's like, no, this isn't the situation I want to be, and I'm going somewhere else. We'll yeah. know about it when, you know, Wodge is reporting that he's signed with someone else. So this is what's working. What is, what's wor- The other things that are working for the Clippers this season, and this is more in a conventional sense, and the Clippers are far from a conventional franchise because they found a way to screw it up at every every turn. But the things that are working for the Clippers is, you know, I, think, I, I don't think they were going to be listening to Doc anymore. So I was an advocate of they need to move on from Doc. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And second of all, um, there should be a sense of urgency. Because, there should be. Because this, you know, this might be Paul George's team in 21, 22. Paul George and not a lot else. So I agree. It's yeah. um Yeah, things can go <clears throat> very, very badly, very, very quickly for the Clippers. Mm. But a bark addresses as, as happy as that would make me. Yeah. Abaka addresses an area of need, so mm. that's good. Yeah, the, the Clippers, they're interesting. Yep. Now, I'll say interesting. That means I've got the Lakers one. Sorry, yeah, sorry, my hearing's failing me. Can you the repeat Lakers that? Are, the Lakers are one in my preview. First. Uh, first, yes. Oh, wow. The explanation, so is, the explanation is quite simple, right? Yeah. They won the title last year and they're better. That's it. Yes. That's the explanation. Yes. It's so, pretty straightforward. Dennis Schroeder to Rondo to Schroeder is we an upgrade. We re-signed Jared Dudley. It, yeah. Enough said. <laughs> so Schroeder, upgrading from Rondo to Schroeder is an upgrade. Yep. Um, upgrading from JaVale. JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard to Marcus Sol and Montrezl Harrell is an upgrade. Montrezl Harrell doesn't have to defend Anthony Davis in a real NBA game, just in practice. Correct. Um, Which might help him get better at defending. Yep. Uh, and okay, Danny Green's gone, but he probably didn't play as big of a role as I thought he was going to. No, he didn't. Um, and you still have the Kyle Kuzma piece. We still have the Kyle Kuzma piece, and we still have the man, the myth, the legend, Alex Caruso. <laughs> Alex Caruso. And this year's Alex Caruso, Taylor Horton Tucker. Yeah, where has this guy come from? I don't know. He was uh, he was on the roster last year. Did a bit of work. Where um yeah, it's, it, he's another one of those ones they saw potential in. And what else have we got? Oh, we've also yeah, and basically he's just come through. So he just did his time in the G League. Being around players like LeBron and AD day in day out is just good for a player's development. So yeah, I think second round 20. draft pick. Yeah, second round draft pick last year. Yeah, um, played six games last year. Averaged five point five point seven points, one point two rebounds, and one assist, and one point three steals. That's that. Those are good numbers in thirteen minutes a game. And last year he earned nine hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. He's on one point five this year, and he's on less than two next year. Yeah, yeah. So far this preseason, he's had. Uh, He's averaging 20 points a game. He's going all right. Yeah. He's going to be all right. I think he'll be fine. <laughs> um, he's currently second on your death chart with shooting guard behind Wesley Matthews, who's also a nice addition. Another, I was going to say another nice addition was um, was Matthews, a, a sneaky uh, defensive player. Mm. Another, so he's, um, like, he's the Danny Green replacement. 
Yeah. Yeah, 3 and D. Um, not the player he once was before. He was also one who had an Achilles injury. So Yeah, true, true. Surprised Houston didn't sign him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is quite simple as far as the Lakers are concerned. They won last season and they're better this season. Yeah. Adam, mm. we've got through the Western Conference in 80 minutes. The Western Conference. The new well, efficiency. We're, we're skipping over the, the the rubbish, I guess. We, we spent quite a bit of time on the Oklahoma City. Yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> we it certainly is, skipped um, over some teams that didn't need much mentioning. And we, we, I mean, there's not a lot to say about the teams that are at the top because, um, I mean, as, as, as much as the, you know, the Ibaka move and the Gasol move, yeah. you know, picking over the carcass of the Raptors, that's an intended pun. Um, and Denver not doing it. The top three teams didn't really do any. Make, there make wasn't a lot. Huge foundation. And it wasn't a huge, certainly wasn't a huge offseason for free agent moves. Um, there was obviously the big trade involving walking in the Pelicans. Um, there was a lot, a, a lot of trades happening in a very short space of time. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot of time for trades as well. We yeah. remember. And, and, and obviously a big trade between Houston and Washington, which was like, can I trade you my problems for your problems? Like, um, no, no one will trade us this untradeable contract. Hey, we'll do it. We've got an untradeable contract. Ding! Where do I sign? Ding, 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 um, ding. But, um, but yeah, the, those top three teams in the West who were who were the top three teams in the West last season, um, mm. the fourth team being Houston, um, all look pretty good. Which is funny. Yeah, let's hope so. You know, for my sake, as a team that wasn't. Banks for Tim wasn't that top three that someone jumps in, but well, I, I was going to say, yeah, we've we've got an interesting, interesting looking West. Now, have you done your homework this time? And you've got a one. I do have a West. clear top. I've got my top nine. I don't care top about the rest. Nine. You don't care about the rest. So I'll go from the bottom. Just to recap, I've got the T Wolves in fifteenth, the Thunder in fourteenth, your San Antonio Spurs in thirteenth. The, uh, the soft spot for them. I'm, the they're Sacramento, not my San Antonio. <laughs> the, Sacramento, the Sacramento Kings in 12th. The Grizz in 11th. Utah 10. Houston 9. My Phoenix Suns in 8. Please God. The Pelicans in 7th. The Warriors in 6th. The Luka Doncic is in 5th. Dallas Mavericks. Portland Trailblazers 4th. Denver 3rd. Clippers 2nd. And the LA Lakers 1st. Okay. Who have you got number 2 in the West? Number two in the well, but you don't want you, you don't want to hear who I've got. For, we'll, we'll save that. We'll save I, that one. I, I, you can tell us. I so know I can go it top is. down, or am I going bottom up? I, I, well, I've you're got, got top the nine, State so. Warriors finishing yep. ninth. Okay. I also have Houston finishing tenth, but that's yep. they're part okay, of the relevant group. Excellent. Utah are going to hit eighth. Utah eight. Yep. Lucky number seven goes to the Phoenix Suns. Seven. Excellent. Lucky number seven. Number six, I have the New Orleans Pelicans. Yep. Number five, I have the Portland Trailblazers. Yep. Four, I have the Mavs. I then have the Clippers, the Nuggets. Yep. And, of course, in top spot, I have the Los Angeles reigning champion Lakers. Yeah. So you'll have the Spurs 11th because you're an idiot. (laughs) Yeah, pretty Um, much. (laughs) I had Sacramento as last. Oklahoma City is second last. Zach. Uh, Oklahoma City, so then Minnesota were Minnesota and Memphis. You got Memphis above Minnesota, so yeah, yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. I think in the Western Conference, we've done the same fives, and mm. it's just the orders in the fives are different. So, as I said, from that from from that 
four through even four through nine, those positions can change. Yep. I think the top three is look, the Clippers probably can get second. I just think gonna, there'll be an adjustment period. I think Denver will run it back really well. I'm gonna put that piece of paper in a drawer. We'll open up the end of the season. If you heard my our AFL grand final preview, we were actually able to with the with the benefits of technology actually put the predictions into the computer and find out a percentage of how right we were. So, Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. We'll I was, find I was worried we were going to go back and do the late show thing where we have to record all different versions of the who's going to win the championship. Ah, yes. Now let's like do the, yeah. the Melbourne Cup prediction. Yeah. Well, we, got, we should get through two full podcasts and like three hours of podcasting and we only mention the late show at the end. Correct. So that's, that's good. We've done well. well. We were... It's because we we used all of our normal NBA gags in the yep. Eastern Conference. <laughs> yeah, the bingo, people who had spots left on their bingo were disappointed disappointed by the West Conference when we actually talked about basketball. Mm. Um, that's not on the bingo card, by the way. For Did, uh, who had the Adam and Andrew talk about basketball? What about the? There's a lot of the over and unders about how many times I mention the Lakers or talk when I digress into the Lakers. I think we're on the unders for this one. It's been a tough year for the gambling companies, so I don't think they mm-hmm. took that on because they're just going to lose money. Too many people died this last year. This is true. This is true. Um, that's a Anchorman reference, if anyone's wondering. So, um, so who win? Who wins it all? Who wins it all? Let Let me give you my Eastern Conference Finals preview. Yep. Um, I think this is really tough. I mean, like, like any of the five teams in the Eastern Conference could make the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, let's go one final big prediction that's not re- directly related to conference finals. Does Harden get traded, and where does he end up? No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Can't get the deal done, but he will get. Uh, he will get traded, but it'll be closer to the deadline than they would have liked. And okay. I don't know who they get it done with. Okay, so you're not. Not, not with the the current suitors you're suggesting. I hope, yeah, I I hope it's not Philly. Okay. Because I feel sorry for Ben Simmons if it is. Mm, okay. Eastern Conference Finals. Milwaukee over Boston. Milwaukee over Boston. I feel like Miami were at like almost Sm- maximum getting themselves out of each other, and they the the bubble suited them. So, Smoky, or we'll call it the the Miami slot from last year. Smoky from the Miami spot last year. Um, who who surprises you by making it out of the first round of the playoffs? If I did, if I had to look outside, obviously Philadelphia. I've got a top five, and I'm, I'm not back on Atlanta. I'm not going to be surprised if Philly or Brooklyn, you know, uh, yeah, whichever one of them gets through, because only you know a maximum of four can get through. My Smoky is actually Atlanta as well, so. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. we're on that. Yeah, I, I was a year But I don't early. have them in the playoffs right now. But, but I had they, them in the playoffs before traded war for Westbrook. Um, in the Western Conference, um, I haven't got the title right It's okay. I haven't got the title right. Lakers over the Clippers. Lakers over the Clippers. Yeah. I've got the Lakers over the Mavericks. Fair enough. Um, Even though we'll play each other in the second round, not the third round. Yeah, I was going to say Lakers over the Mavericks, but then... Yeah, um, but in the ideal world, the Clippers dropped a four and we knocked them out in the second round. (laughs) They don't make another Western Conference. Longest 50 years without a conference final. Um, And then uh, Lakers over the Bucks in the NBA Finals. Sounds very similar to this season, which doesn't doesn't surprise me. 
Mm. But um, yes, let's 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 hope for your sake that those Phoenix Suns come out, play some serious ball with uh, with Chris Paul at the helm. See your Season's, boys back in the playoffs. Season starts Wednesday. Wednesday, which is Wednesday, the which day might be, you might be listening. Yeah, you might be listening to this podcast after that date. You might not be listening to this podcast. I will, I will I certainly my be, water on my microphone. I will certainly um, be listening or watching basketball on that day. It's my last day of work for the year. Yeah. Or no, for the till after Christmas, and then yes. So the uh, the scared for Wednesday Australian time Nets at Warriors, followed by Lakers. At, oh, sorry, Warriors at Nets, followed by Clippers at Lakers. It'll be a game. And then, of course, Christmas Day games, which is Boxing Day Australian time. Pelicans at Heat, Warriors at Bucks, Nets at Celtics, Mavericks at Lakers. and They're a very Clippers, weird schedule. Clippers at Nuggets. So, some, of those, uh, some of those top seeds that we've been talking about facing off on Christmas Day. Yep. So we will catch up with the NBA probably sometime in in the new year, yep. after we have an idea of where the land is later, hopefully our good friend Daniel Shea will be joining us on that podcast as well. Most and certainly. He would have listened to this podcast, so have another shout-out. Um, Adam, it's always a pleasure. We hope everyone at home, everyone in their car, wherever you're listening, has got all the information that they now know exactly how the NBA season players so don't have to watch any games. But if you do Adam, want to watch games, League Pass is always available. It is. Or, you know, KO Sports. KO. You don't watch all, and you want to watch other sports as well. So, um, anyway, it's always a pleasure. Thanks, Adam, for joining us. Thanks for having me, as always. And we will catch you on the next edition of It Should Go That Saying. Have a very, very good and safe Christmas and a happy new year to every one of our listeners. I believe we have so many listeners, they can all still. They're still allowed to congregate in one room under restrictions, so that's all good. Um, that's a I don't have many. Uh, yeah, that that, that I that, might just re-record. Is it um, a lead balloon? Yeah, yeah well, it's more disappointing than other had that joke went down. Um, ow. Until next time, I'm Andrew Lewis. Thanks for joining us on. Here you go. That's it.